Before I uh, preach this morning, I'm going to have Jace come, and uh, he has memorized the Christmas story. And so he is going to tell us that this morning before we go to the Word. Luke 2, 1 for 20. And it came to pass in those days that the right decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, with the which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swallowing coats and lying in a manger. And um, suddenly with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go see this thing, um, which has come to pass, as the angels said. Mm. <sighs> which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And suddenly they made um, known the broad to say which was contrary this child. And but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And everyone, the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which was told unto them. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jace. I wish at the end I would have told him to say, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Because <laughs> I always want to hear that at the end because I love that part. Well, that's where we're going to be this morning in Scripture. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Uh, I don't want you to stand yet. We're not going to read it for just a little while. Uh, it never hurts to hear the story over and over again, does it? 
when we uh, get to our house and, and we un- get ready to unwrap presents, we sit down and we read this and, and we've heard it for years and years, but it's always good to hear it again. And what I find is when I hear something over and over again, I can either go one or two ways. It becomes so routine to me that I don't listen very good. Or I can start listening harder and I'll pick up new things each time I hear it. I don't know about the traditions you have at your house. We have kind of a tradition at our house and it starts usually on Thanksgiving night. My wife has about this much room in our entertainment center at our house and it's all Christmas movies. And so we start on Thanksgiving night and we just start going through and we watch Christmas movies and we haven't watched them all yet this year, but we watch them. And you know, we watch those things every year and we've watched them for years. And sometimes we'll watch them two or three times during the season. Then we'll put them up and we won't watch them again until next year. And what I found is that the, that the more I watch those movies, every year seems like I'll pick up something that I hadn't noticed before. And usually I'll find something that that I've never noticed before, or it's just good to see them again. And I have seen some of these movies over and over and over again, and I laugh at the same place every time. And I know what's coming. I know everything that's going to happen. We we watch that dumb, has anybody got the Muppet Christmas? That is one of the greatest uh, renditions of a Christmas carol ever. And there is a part where you've got those little baby Muppet guys and they're going along and they start, and they start hitting each other in the head. And I have to run that back. Every, it is hilarious. They scrunch up their face and they're all mad. I don't even know if they tried to do it that way, but it is hilarious. And I watch it over and over again because I love it. And, and I will sit down for an hour and a half and I will watch a movie that I have seen time and time again and I want to make sure that I do the same thing with the scripture I've heard it and heard it over and over and over again and if I've got time to sit down and watch a movie a Christmas movie that I've seen over and over again you know what I've got time to hear the story one more time and seek it out and see if there's anything new in it what I found is as I do these things and as I watch these movies and things like that I find myself looking and trying to find new things. And if I look hard enough, I will find them. I want us to stand this morning. Now, you're going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage unless you've got an amplified Bible, and I hardly ever do this. But about two weeks ago, I sat down and and I was uh, reading for a a sermon, and I went to the amplified Bible to, to read this story. And the Lord just really spoke to me. And I don't know if this is just for me or who it's for, but it really spoke to me this morning. So we're going to read uh, out of the Amplified Bible this morning, and uh, let's, let's read this before we read. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. This is the second chapter of Luke, first 20 verses from the Amplified Bible. In those days it occurred that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole Roman Empire should be registered. This was the first enrollment and it was made while Quirinius was governor of Syria. 
And all the people were going to be registered, each to his own city or town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the town of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his espoused, his married wife, who was about to become a mother. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver. And she gave birth to her son, her firstborn. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room or place for them in the inn. And in that vicinity, there were shepherds living out under the open sky in the field, watching in shifts over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone all about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall come to all people." For to you is born this day in the town of David a Savior, who is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you by which you will recognize him. You will find, and this is the part I like, after searching. You will find after searching a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel an army and the troop of the troops of heaven, a heavenly knighthood, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, in heaven and on earth, peace among men whom he, will, whom he is well pleased, men of good will, of his favor. When the angels went away from them, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing, saying that this has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and, by searching, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Remember what the angels said? By searching you will find him, and by searching they did find him. And when they saw it, they made known what had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it were astounded and marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary was keeping within herself all these things, sayings, weighing, and pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Let's pray. Father, I pray today that you would speak into our hearts truth from this old, old story that we've heard so many times. Father, today, help it to be brand new in our heart and help it, help it to challenge us right here, right now, in this day and time. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The angels come, and it is to the shepherds. And when I read this, it kind of stood out to me, and I've always kind of liked the shepherds guys. They were kind of the low guys on the totem pole. When when kids grew up in in this country, there wasn't a whole lot of people, unless this was what you were born into, but they were kind of the low people on the the, uh, societal list. And if we were thinking about how would we say that the Messiah has come, how would we say that the Son of God has come, we would probably go to the important people. Well, the message was taken to important people. It was. It was given to. The wise men were given the message. King Herod knew that the Messiah was coming. But that night, God decided that he would send his message of Jesus being born to the lowest of the low. And sometimes when we think of important people, sometimes important people are too important to notice what's going on around them. They're so busy with all the important things that they're doing that they can't hear what God would have to say to them. 
But these guys were in a place where they could hear what God had to say to them. They were in a place where they were open and available (coughs) to what God wanted to do in their life. And I got to thinking about the place and the time and the situation that was going on and, and the circumstances where they were at. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when I, when I go out and take my dog coon hunting, the farther I get from town, the darker it gets. The farther, you know, if you're just outside of Marshfield, and Marshfield's not a very big town, but it puts off a lot of light. And if you're not very far out of town, it's pretty bright, but the darker, the farther you get, the darker it is. Now imagine Bethlehem, there's no city lights, there's no traffic lights, there's nothing there at this time. And there's and they're and they're not even in town. They're out in the country. And I have seen the places where these guys were. And it was desolate. It is desolate. And there's no light out there. It is dark. It is pitch black dark. And so be thinking about that. There's pitch black dark. The 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 sheep are out there and then all of a sudden boom. There's an angel. And it says it starts off. It it goes from dark to a bright light and one angel. And this angel starts to give the story of what's, what's going on. And then all of a sudden there's, there's a, a army, it says literally an army, troops of angels. I don't know about you, but, but troops to me are kind of impressive. But can you imagine troops of God's angels, God's army is giving this whole message. And I, I have to think that this was, this would be pretty terrifying. And they tell them, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. But you see this, and and I can't imagine what it was like. It's pitch black, then it's light. You have one angel, and that would be quite impressive. But then it's the whole army of God. And they come to these guys, and they give them three clues. They say, you're going to find a baby. It's going to be in Bethlehem. It's going to be in swaddling clothes, and it's going to be lying in a manger. And they say, you will find him by searching. In order for them to find the Messiah, they're going to have to search. They're going to have to look. And lots of times I think we uh, come to church and we say, show me. Show me who Jesus is. Uh, Explain it to me so that I can understand it. I'm going to come to church and pastor, you just feed me and and I'll know what it is. The word says that these guys found Jesus by searching. And And the angel said, you will find him through searching. And it gave them some clues. And and I'm going to tell you, that's the way it is with God. God gives us things to to go by. He gives us word to go by. But rarely does he spell everything out. He says that he wants us to search him, him out. He wants us to find him. He wants us through searching to find what he has for our life. He rarely just comes and sends us a letter in the mail and says, okay, this is who I want you to marry. This is your job. This is what I want you to do. We find these things through searching. And that's what he does to these uh, shepherds. And so they get three clues here. The first one is Bethlehem. That's easy. They know where Bethlehem is. So that's not hard to do. They can find that. The second is you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. I'm going to tell you, every baby in Bethlehem was in swaddling clothes. So these two first clues, they're not, that's not too, that's not too big of a, I mean, that's going to be, that's, that's a no-brainer. All the babies that way. The third clue is the kicker. You're going to find it in a manger. You're going to find a baby in a manger. Now, I want us to think about that right now. And as I, and as I was thinking about that, uh, I, I, I got to thinking about how hard would it be to find a baby in a manger? 
So I got on the Google and I Googled uh, how, what the population of Bethlehem would have been at the time Jesus was born. And they estimate that it would be around 1,000 to 1,200. And uh, as I was driving through my new hometown of Niangua yesterday, I noticed that the population of Niangua is 400. So imagine a town three times the size of Niangua. Okay, you got three times the size of Niangua. And you have to find a baby in a manger. So I got to thinking about how many houses that would be. And I estimate, and this is a rough estimate, there's nothing scientific about this, but I'm estimating 150 to 200 houses in Jesus' time, okay? So they have to search and find. When you say, well, you know, and in today's society, I mean, when you get to thinking about it, how many houses in town is going to have a manger? I mean, you could go, I can think of, I have seen a few little barns and things throughout Marshfield. And so that would, that would get the search down to pretty small in Marshfield. But in Jesus' day, in Jesus' day, every house had a manger, okay? Most every house had a, literally had a room that they kept animals because they all used animals. And most every house had a place in their house, Four animals. And so every, it'd, it'd be like, let's say that, uh, let's say like that uh, the angels go to Elkland and, and, they, and they say, we found, the, the Messiah is born and you'll find him in a bale ring. Okay? You'll find him in a bale. There's a lot of bale rings in Elkland. And can you imagine going to everybody's house as you, you drive by and you see a bale? Hey, can I, can I go see if there's a baby in your bale ring? I mean, that would, you would have to do some searching. And so they're going to have to go door to door in a town that is full of people that have mangers. There's lots of mangers in Bethlehem. And it's in the middle of the night. And not a very good knock I got there going. You know how people are in the middle of the night. You don't want to get up, man. It's cold. But they just, it's a terrible knock I got going on here. And they open up the door, and, and I don't know about you, but if you open up the door in the middle of the night, you never know what you're going to see. And so they peek out, and it's all these rough shepherds. And I imagine they don't smell very good, and I imagine they don't look very good. And they're like, good evening there. Do you have a baby in a manger? No, first maybe it was just, do you have a manger? Yes. Is there a baby in it? Because if it is, we're pretty sure, we just got told by a bunch of angels, it's the Messiah. And they'd be like, honey, have we got a, no, we don't have a baby in our manger. What are you talking about? And so they go back to bed and they go, and it says that through searching, they didn't, they didn't just go to the first house they came to. You know, lots of times you see the, 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 you know, they talk about the star that the wise men were following, all that stuff. They didn't tell them to follow a star or anything. They said, you go search, you go look, you go look. And so all through the night, they're every door knocking. Do you have a manger? Yes. Is there a baby in it? And imagine you're the house that says, as a matter of fact, I do have a manger. And there is a baby in it. 
And you've put that baby and that family back there because you really didn't want to be around them or you didn't really have room for them. And you've kind of set them aside. And the shepherds come and said, well, an army of angels just told us that that's the Messiah. Imagine how you'd feel. You know, yeah, we got the Messiah back here and we put him in a manger. But the word says that after seeking and after searching, they found him. And I got to thinking about that. We need to search. We need to find. And, and we, we like to search. We like to search for the things we like to search at, search for. I've been uh, watching my wife over the past few weeks, several weeks. She likes to Christmas shop. And uh, she did used to. She liked to go and, and actually do the shopping. But uh, as uh, her patience is getting shorter and shorter, she finds that, uh, that when you get on the Internet, it's a little bit easier. She has had her identity stolen a couple of times, but she's, she's doing all right. But she said she, said, uh, <laughs> she likes this new identity better that she's got. <laughs> uh, that's another story. But anyway, no. But she, uh, but so so at, at night, when we're in the living room, she's over there on the iPad, and she's searching she just searches and searches trying to find the best gift and you know what she likes the searching and every now and then there's something that I like and I think you know I might want to buy one of these we my wife decided she wanted a, a clawfoot tub well I got on the Craigslist and I man I searched I was searching I was searching for a clawfoot tub and you know, I, I found it. And when I found it, then I had to call the guy and then I had to go get it. And, and we had, and I mean, the whole thing, the searching sometimes is the adventure. There's, there's something, it's, it's just better than all of a sudden, boom, I had it. You know what? The searching was fun. The going and finding it and the going and getting it was part of the fun. And the word says that there's something about searching that helps us know God better. And why is that? Because our, our senses are aware. Our senses are awake. I'm, I'm trying to find what I need. I'm trying to find it. And we search and we search and we search on the internet. But I want to ask you, do you search for God like that? Do you get in his word and say, God, what do you want to show me today? Do you get on prayer and say, God, what do you, what do you want to speak into my life? God, I just want. And when we are really searching, our senses open up and we start listening. I'm going to tell you, when I start searching for a message, I read the scripture slow and I pray, God, show me what we're supposed to hear this week. God, show me what, I, Father, I don't know who all's going to be here today and I don't know what you're wanting to say, but God, show me. And sometimes, you know, he doesn't show himself very quick. I like to be done with my messages by Thursday. I mean, I really do. I like to, I like to have that done. But there's sometimes that God doesn't show me what I'm supposed to preach on until late in the week. And by then I'm desperate. I'm like, God, what, what do you have for me here? God, please. I, I, and I'm searching. And you know what happens when I find that this was one of those messages. I, 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 the week that I found it, I found it later in the week. And, and then I didn't have to preach. And it, it ended up that I, I, it was supposed to be for this Sunday. But that week was late in the week when I got this sermon. And I'm going to tell you what, I was so happy when I got it, I was like, yes, this is what you wanted to say. God, thank you for this. But the searching is what made it so good. And folks, the word this morning I want to tell you is we need to be searching for Jesus. 
The, the angels told the, 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 the shepherds, it will be by searching that you will find him. And so they went and searched. And then the word says it was by searching that they did find him. I just want to ask you this morning. You know, we, we search on the Google and we search on the Craigslist and we search and we reference things and we look. Are you searching for Jesus? We have a really good opportunity coming up the first week of the year. We're all going to start together. And, and if you've got your books already, I want to encourage you, don't start reading. We're going to, I have not read this. Uh, by, 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 uh, by design. The people that set it up, told, we, we had a pastor's meeting and they were talking about this and, and uh, they said, pastors, don't read it. Go through the book with your people. It's a process that you go through together. And so next week, January 1, you've got a great opportunity for us as a family to search God, search for Jesus together. Isn't it fun when you hunt things together? It's more fun when you've got people with you. And we're going to be searching. And I, want us, I, want us to, I just wonder if today, could we not as a group, I mean, it's just a family here this morning. I wonder if we as a group could say together and just kind of packed, have a pact together and say we are starting January 1. You can start before then searching for God, but we're going to kind of do this together. But say, I'm going to search for God. The first, I'm going to set aside the first eight weeks of the year. And you know, after you do something for eight weeks, you know what happens? It becomes a habit. For the first eight weeks of the year, I'm going to set aside and every day I'm going to be in God's word and I'm going to search for God. I'm going to search for what God wants to say into my life. I'm going to search for what God has for me. And the word says, by searching, they found him. I think sometimes we, we come to church, sometimes we come to Sunday school, and we're just like, you show me. You show me what you've learned, teacher, this week. Pastor, you show me what you found in Scripture, and, and that'll be good. That's all. You just, you just bring it to me, and I won't have to look. I mean, sometimes it's easier that way, isn't it? Sometimes, I mean, I don't want to look for things, and I'm just like, where is this? It's show me, and, and I have people show me, you know, and we're an instant gratification society. I, we don't want to do any work. We, want, we just, just, I'll just push a button and I get it. And that's the way we are. But the word says, they said, through searching you will find, I want to tell you this morning, through searching you will find Jesus. And then the word says, through searching, they did find Jesus. In 40 days, I hope that you say, through searching, I found out new things about Jesus that I never knew. I found new things that God wanted to speak into my life that I didn't know. I found new things that God wanted to do in my family that I'd never found. And I found them because I searched. Don't go to the word and just read. I want you to search because the word says, through searching, you will find. That night, it was dark. And the light came and it was, it was bright. And we celebrate at Christmas time the... the, the the outside God coming in to the world. The light coming in. And when Jesus came, it was a dark, dark world. 
And Jesus came and brought us light. And he brings light into our life. And each one of us show that light to those around us. And usually around Christmas time, we try to do uh, a, uh, a candle lighting service. And it'll start off, and we've got a few lights up here, but it'll start off with one candle. And then we'll pass it on. And you know the thing about light is, no matter how dark it is, the, light, the dark can never overcome light. You can't pump enough darkness onto a candle to put it out. Does that make sense? Darkness will never overcome light, okay? And the more lights you have, the brighter it gets. And so this morning, I want to, as, as we're here, if you haven't got a candle, has everybody got a candle? You're supposed to get a candle on your way in. If you didn't get one, hey, Wyatt, will you bring me, will you bring me that basket up here? If anybody, does anybody not get a candle, raise your hand. Jason, can you hand some of these? Oh, you get your own. Over here. 